Okay, welcome everyone to Dr. Heather Uncensored. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. And hopefully everyone else can too. Can you hear me? Testing one, two, three. <laughs> okay, so. Breaker one, nine. <laughs> so Seth, you've been on the road a few days with the People's, no. People's Convoy. Tell us about what it's been like. Are you there? I'm here. Are you there? Yes. So just tell us what it's been like on the People's Convoy. Oh, my gosh. It's been really exciting and exhilarating. Um, meeting fascinating people from all walks of life, hearing all kinds of different stories, um, not just from trucking, just a lot of people that are compelled to do something and are on the road. Um, I've met uh, women from San Francisco that just got in the car and drove. Same thing from Arizona. Uh, some people came across the country. A couple of guys drove from Minnesota to feed us in um, New Mexico, and they're on, on board with us now. Just met a nice guy from Texas who hooked up with us in New Mexico, and he's driving all the way. Um, and how many people but, do you think there are? I, you know, I just don't know. I, 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 I really couldn't tell you now. I mean, it, I started out in the beginning in Barstow and there was maybe, I don't know, 25, 30 trucks and it's grown now and there's a lot more people involved. And I think that's one of the reasons it's more dangerous today is a lot of, there's a lot of new people involved and, um, a lot more traffic and, uh, yeah, I found out there's two fender benders in our group today. I'm glad it wasn't me. I almost got in a couple. Um, it was a, it's, it's hard driving, actually. It's not like open road uh, trucking kind of thing where you get out and you see a big view and you get out between open spaces and you can just kind of have the road to yourself. It's like we're all on the line and we, open, we let the number one lane stay open for freight trucks and people that just want to get to, you know, their deliveries or whatever, try to keep that open. And um, there are some people that kind of dodge in and out of the convoy to get to different places and that sort of thing. So that, that's it's kind of like the whole practical aspect of the convoy. But on a, on a whole different level, um, uh, it seems like people just have a lot of, uh, they're very sincere. Um, I've met a lot of religious people uh, that are very committed, that have children and grandchildren, and they just uh, feel like kind of in dire straits with this whole thing that's going on, and they had to do something. And uh, now we're pretty much all on the road. Wow. And uh, the, I have to say the love like I received from you, the food, the bread, the blankets, the the medicine, the care is that's the way it's going. Like mm -hmm. I, I get here and there's all kinds of food hot prepared from these Oklahoma people. Wow. They really and on the I'm, side of the know, road? I'm thankful to them and I can't even thank them. I can hardly thank them. And then they're thanking me. Right. They're like, this is the least we could do. And thank you so much. And oh my gosh, you came that far and blah, blah, blah. Right. I had a young man come up to me in the truck stop and said, he was very, it's kind of cute, you know, it's like, 
excuse me, sir, are you on the convoy? And I said, I am. And he put out his hand. And he goes, I just want to thank you for all you're doing for all of us. Oh. And it's really kind of moving. He's just a stranger, probably about 20. Right. I'm local. And um, they get it, you know. And uh, I mean, there were so many people welcoming us all along the road. Oklahoma is, all the states have been great. Uh, so you started in California. And then you went into. Say again. So you started in California, and then you went to Arizona. Yeah, traveled to Arizona, and we went to a pizzeria that was off the road, and the people were lined up along the road like it was some sort of Fourth of July parade, and they were having barbecues. Wow! And cheering us on, I felt like Led Zeppelin coming to the show. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Really? That's what I told them. I yeah. couldn't believe it. Right. And. You know, I have this magnet on the outside of my van that says NWO with the red circle and a slash through it. And I told this to my nephew because he's about their age. There was these three young cowboys. They probably had done some drinking. I don't know. They were side of the road. And there was a lot of traffic and a lot of people on the road. But so we slowed down. I rolled down the... So I was saying, you know, Arizona rocks because every overpass had people on it oh waving God. to us. Amazing. And, uh, but these young guys, this one guy, he sees the NWO with the slash, and he goes, yeah, F the New World Law Order. It's really loud. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, honestly, I felt like, okay, if I die tomorrow, I feel safe that the, the, the young bucks of the country <laughs> are, they don't know that what's going on, and they know what this is being done to us, and it's beyond whoever's sitting in the White House. Yeah. Thing. It was... Oh, that's and, wonderful. Uh, yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. And I met the uh, owner of the pizzeria. He put out nine grand for uh, um, uh, to feed everybody. No kidding. Wow. Can I help you? I'm on the phone. Somebody wants to give me something. I don't know. But, um, uh, yeah, the, the pizzeria was off the hook. There must have been 300 people, maybe 500. Really? Waiting there. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. The police were alongside the road, and they were all along the road getting to this pizzeria. And then we get there, and there's this huge crowd and welcoming us, like something really grand. And um, the same thing happened when we got to... Uh, uh, I guess it's Tucum, Tucum, Tucum Carry in New Mexico. New Mexico, we, right. I, yeah, I thought we were stopping for the night. We pulled the main street. We shut down all the rigs right down the whole street. I met the mayor, <laughs> the town councilwoman. All these people came out, kids with signs. They all took pictures and shook our hands and everything. And then we fired up the trucks and we left again. And I, I thought... I thought we were going to sleep the night in the middle of the street. I really wasn't paying it. You know, they don't hand out a, a itineraries. It's all on the web. Right. And it's been so kind of active that I even have any time to really look at what's going on and so on and so forth. And so um, that that night we went to the mountains of New Mexico and it was eight degrees and I froze my butt off. Yeah. And. I couldn't sleep, and part of the reason was there was a freight train lying 
no more than 30 feet from where my van was parked. Oh my gosh. And of course at night is when they haul freight. So just when one freight would go through about 10 minutes later, another hundred car freight would come rolling. Oh my God. That was awful. I mean, it's eight degrees. So even though I come from New England and stuff, it was like bitter cold. Mm -hmm. Um, so I got up early and I drove down the road early in the morning. I had an omelet at the uh, truck stop and, and took a shower and then hit the road early and then got down to a fireworks stand where there was nothing. It was out in the country, basically. And I slept for an hour in the back of this closed fireworks stand and then sped down the road, not sure where the convoy was. And I was way ahead still, not knowing really where they were. Hmm. And I would get a, upon the groups on the bridges and I'd be like crazy. And they kind of looked at me like, who's this? <laughs> you know what I mean? So He's the skate truck. No convoy, <laughs> but I was treated like, like I had been the day before with the convoy. And I beeped and I had the flags on the van. I, on, the, uh, on the passenger side, I have a, a United States and a, com a combo U.S. Canadian flag. And then on the driver's side door, I have a big uh, Canadian flag, and I added a world flag on the, so when you close the horizontal doors in the back, it's horizontal, so when the people look down from the bridge, there's a big slapping uh, planet, you know, like the, the, the world flag, the blue with the planet, you know, so, um, then of course I have my magnets on the side, both sides, the new world order stuff. Um, but that, that's kind of my bling. Yeah, but sounds good. In the uh, audio audience. But, um, and your van's still working well? Oops, sorry. Say again? Your van is still working okay? I couldn't hear you. So it's oh, yeah. yeah. Your van is okay? So far, so good. I burned a little oil. Um, but I guess that's a point that, that you made me think of something else. I befriended this wonderful Polish immigrant who's a driver from Stockton. She runs produce and sometimes meat to Chicago from California. Wow. And, you know, he went through everything that happened in Poland. So he has a very different perspective. You know, absolutely. And I like him a lot. I yeah. grew up in a very international family. And so when I heard his accident, I immediately asked him where he's from and told me Poland. And I talked about my Polish heritage. And, and now we're buddies. And he's a photographer. And if anybody you know that wants to see wonderful truck photographs of this trip, he's on uh, Big Rig Shots on Facebook. And his name's Art. And Big ring guy, and he's got a 13 year old son, and he and his son and his wife are probably going to come see the Redwoods where I live and stuff. And oh, beautiful! Really friend Crow, this uh, crook and Crow tribe, and you know, hunts with a bow the whole bit. Wow, and he's excited about that. And we've had a lot of fun. But uh, one day, I was uh, traveling with him behind him in my van, and he was speeding really fast to get above the convoy. And I probably shouldn't say this, but he was, he was, uh, I clocked him at over 90 miles an hour with a big rig and a trail. And wow. I called him the second time and said, listen, I got a pretty clean record. I don't want a speeding ticket, especially in Arizona. Yeah, that's and for sure. And he made a joke about, he goes, you know, these, uh, 
these speed limits are a lot like mandates. They need to be broken. Yeah, he must uh, really get it. Great photographer and a wonderful individual. Oh. And, um, he's my friend now, and I, I've you know made friends with a lot of people here that are on the road, and I've met also people that are just here that mm. are like feeding people or just part of the ground support kind of thing. It's it's really friendly. Oh, that's beautiful. You know what they're talking about. And uh, it's fun. You know, it really is. It's fun. And I, I um, like some friends of mine up north where I, where I live, they challenged me about, well, what do you expect to achieve? But I think they were kind of saying it because they're too lazy to come along or something. But it, it made me think differently. It, I felt challenged. And um, I told them, I said, well, you know, I'm just going to meet some new good people. Oh. And I have so many. I mean, just like you. Like, it was great to meet you. Yeah. And, and your friend. Yes. Penny. Um, like, I really like meeting new people. Yes. And interacting and exchanging and full engagement. And uh, uh, it's uh, it's like what we all need. Yes, absolutely. Know, accepted. And uh, one of the main organizers, Alan from Pennsylvania, him and his wife are amazing people. And, uh, that night we spent in uh, New Mexico, and it's really cold. That night we had a uh, short glass of whiskey with each other, and we kind of, you know, cheers to each other. And I brought up trust. Like I, um, like I, I learned the, the the rules of the road long ago. It's like you have to trust, you know. And if you kind of do something inappropriate, it's going to come back at you. It's almost like instant karma or something. Sure. You know? And so. Um, it was really good just to share that with them. And uh, I like to be able to trust strangers. That, that takes a lot. Yes. You know what I mean? It, Absolutely. It, it, you, really, you know what I'm saying. Sure. It's of course. A, you really have to kind of put yourself out there and be willing to trust each other. And uh, another good thing that I wanted to mention, I was just talking this to the military guy in the place here. Who's, he's doing the documentary. Um, on the whole thing. And he actually rode with Art, which was neat. Um, he's a documentary filmmaker. Wonderful. And I was saying about how, how the uh, truckers are very much, pretty much individualists, you right. know, and like bikers and other people I've known. And, um, but when we come to work together, we're all in. Uh-huh. We, just, we don't really do pecking order. Oh. But we're willing to completely contribute. And when we had it, we had to load the uh, arts truck with all these donations that people had brought to Arizona to the pizzeria. I mean, I mean, I'm talking a pallet of yerba mate, a pallet <laughs> of. I'm serious. I have a case. I've already drank half the darn thing in my van here. A, a, a pallet of root beer and all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, I think it's enough toilet paper that I can just for myself. I have like. Your supply, you know, pieces of water, and it made me laugh because truckers don't drink a lot of water when they're on the road, then they have to pee. You're right, right. I mean, uh, but the thing, the reason of this whole story is that we formed this bucket brigade and we totally loaded everything, and it's like 20 of us, and we handed it off to each other, 
And it was just kind of great coordinate, you know, being coordinated with everybody. Wow. Like, we got to do this because everybody's leaving. Uh And, you know, I left with Art and we were late. But we curled up and went ahead twice of the convoy so he could get really good photos. And um, I do like that kind of energy. I like people that are self-standing but can really work together without hierarchy. Absolutely. That's the best. You know, that's really like, it's yeah. like tribal, literally. Tribal, yeah. It's like how we really are deeply without prejudice or um, judgment. Yes. You know, like there's a deeper knowledge, a deeper knowing that we're in this together and this is really serious. And a lot of people, you know, they, they bring up their grandchildren a lot, how they can't stand it. And uh, they had to do something. I, You know, I met a guy from Humboldt County who's a logger. Uh-huh. And it's wild because I met a, an RN who lost her job. She worked for Kaiser. She's from California. She goes, you know, there's another guy from Humboldt here who's in Arcade. And I said, really? She goes, yeah, he's over in the chapel. I said, will you take me there right now? And so we went over and I met him and we had a great rapport. And he did a live feed with my friend uh, uh, Deanna. And it turns out they go to the same church, but he goes in the morning and she goes later in the morning. So they never knew each other. That's wild. I know. (laughs) And so that's been really kind of like things like that have happened a lot, you know, and, uh, uh, it's really been exciting, and uh, like one of the truckers said on the CB, he had a hard time getting up this morning because the adrenaline finally caught up with him, and he just totally crashed. Right. And um, absolutely, I've been I like that too. I've been really excited, and uh, um, you know, like one of these guys said when we were planning this whole thing, he says, "We, you know, he's a young military guy, but like, we just need to get." To Oh, that's great. These people here, I have to say, Oklahoma, it's off the hook, friendly. I bet. And apparently one guy told me on the CV, this other driver that drove with us, he goes, that's our way. We we call it a, how did he say it? Our Oklahoma standard. Right. That's how we prefer to do it, like super friendly. And I mean, we're talking every freaking bridge was people on it. Some like a bunch of school children were lined up, places alongside the road. Wow, that's like, amazing. Almost unnerving. Right. You well, know what I mean? Like if someone had, you know, it's like they were right on the road with signs and flags and, um, and tractors out and, uh, and fire trucks on the bridges with the lights going. Wow. And in their field, driven right up to the fence, waiting because they knew it was coming. And rancher guys with their trucks and like or that are way rural. It's very agricultural in Oklahoma, you sure. know. And some of the bridges didn't have exit or on ramps. I wondered where the heck they all came from. <laughs> how can they go? Like, on? I don't know how they organized it. Uh-huh. it was, I'll I'll put it this way: I've been doing the courthouse vigil since August. Every Friday, we've never had half that many people that I've seen on these bridges. Wow, it's amazing. Um, I mean, this I, is completely historic. So historic. Yeah. It's so exciting. And, uh, 
you know, I, I, I have this one clip of a guy that got in front of me with a Harley, and we came through this really big session section where people were along the side of the road, and then the bridge was covered, and he gets up on the Harley, and it's all painted up with flames and all this stuff, and he gets up on the Harley, and he's standing, uh, like on the stirrups, and he's like revving it, and the crowd's going mental, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, okay, the Central Americana here, we got the Harley, you know, we got the crowd, <laughs> Does anybody go to a hotel? Yes. Yeah. Like the day after that really cold night, yeah. I asked people, how'd you do this? They were like, we went to a hotel. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the smart people. Right. Went to a hotel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the thing about it was, I knew it was going to be cold. We were all warm. I, I don't know. I thought I'd tough it out. Well, no, I didn't tough it out too well. I don't think I slept at all. And it was freezing. Oh. And, uh, next time it's going to be eight degrees. I'm headed for the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing. You uh, just, you know. The next night it was cold, but I warmed up the van for an hour. That's what I'm doing now. I tried to warm it up and then right. get the flavor bag, pull over that comforter you gave me, and yeah. wear sweatpants and all that jazz. Wow. Uh, prepare for it. That's cool. Uh, but getting here to the truck stop, I got to say they were getting here. Every every bridge in Oklahoma had people. Wow. Every single one. Amazing. Uh, there was not a single bridge without at least a few people on it. Some bridges, there was hardly any room. Well, I hope and a lot of the bridges had fire engines on the bridge in the middle with the lights on. Some of the bridges, you could see the fire truck had gotten there late, and the ranchers weren't moving their trucks. <laughs> <laughs> You really? I made it through the seventies. 
Yeah, that's right. Oh, it sounds so beautiful. It just sounds amazing. I mean, those kind of connections. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you have questions? I mean, I'm just kind of rambling on. No, it's great to hear you because you're just telling me exactly what I wanted to know is your experience through this. I think, actually, I just have one question. Is when you decided to to do this, what was it that really spurred you on to do it? Uh, honestly, this is what I've told all the truckers. I have nostalgia for trucking because I did it when I was very young. Um, when I got kicked out of Quaker school when I was 16, <laughs> I hitchhiked all over the country and I got a job in a Mayflower truck and the guy says, you really want to learn? He jumped out of the way and he held the steering wheel and he said, get in. Uh, oh, wow. I went down the interstate and I had to learn how to drive a six speed cab over. At, you know, 55 miles an hour. Oh, my and God. So I took him over, and he taught me how to drive. And he drove all in the city, but I drove a lot of the highway, and I loved it. I did it for nine months, and uh, I was I didn't even have a learner's permit. I was completely illegally driving this big rig. Oh, my God. And so I have nostalgia for that kind of stuff and everything, but really what it was was all the people standing in the snow welcoming the convoy across Canada. Ah, uh, right. I saw that old woman, the grandma that had baked a thousand muffins in her little oven in her little kitchen oh, for all the convoy people. Right. That was very touching. Yes. You know, and and the, the, it, it, what it really was for me, it seemed like everybody's love came out. Well, that's what it that seems like. It's like, convoy. yeah, it's like uh, late 60s again, you know, that feeling. It was really our best side and like we don't have to and I really, you know, I grew up in a pacifist family. My grandparents were very fundamentally involved with the creation of War Sisters League, and they were civil rights activists, and they were pacifists. And uh, to see truckers who are not afraid of scrapping, you know, right. uh, not reduce themselves to that practice, even when they were confronted with it was really empowering. I mean, I thought a lot about my grandmother. She's been dead for decades and how much she would love this. Oh, so it's in your you know, blood. It really was the coalescing of the people. And like we are tribal animals and we are sensitive and we're supposed to love each other and yeah. care for each other. And it is contagious. It is. And I, as a young person, I learned from her that the best energy we can ever muster in a group is the spirit of inclusion. Oh, beautiful. And this is, this is like what I'm getting here. Like I, I felt it in other groups and other movements, but this is very, very different. Like maybe because the situation is so global and so dire. So global and so dire. And also because the people that are doing this are standing up. I mean, they really are. They're, they're not in fear. Like so many people are in fear. I what you said, I couldn't hear it. It was all jumbled. Oh, okay. Well, the fact that people are not, these people are not in fear. Exactly. You know? And the young guys that and all this stuff from Minnesota said, look, they had a handmade sign in the back of their truck, which is great. You can see it. And it said, love over fear. Exactly. It was great. And the first song they played were Bob Marley's song, Is This Love? <laughs> you know, I, oh. I was like, well, I mean, 
Okay. <laughs> so they started the evening with Bob Marley, and I have a big speaker, so I said, should I get it? And they said, please. And I carry it in the back of the van, and we use it at the courthouse every Friday. We totally rock. I play, you know, Three Dog Night, War, and all kinds of other Chicago, and upbeat songs that stay out. Sometimes it's cold, and we dance along to it. And, uh, but we had a really good time that night. Yeah. That was the cold night. And, yeah. Uh, um, and they're on the convoy now, and uh, you know there was a great uh, Latino family from that area where you live, and they drove an hour and a half to serve people food, and then they drove all the way to Arizona to do the same thing. Really? And wow! And they turned around. Yeah, they were really neat. I took a photo of those folks. And, um, wow! There's so much. Like to... that. I mean, I could go on and on with this. Well, I'm let's. Sure. Can we do this? Now that I may have figured out, sorry, what? Um, no, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, if this, the, the way we've had to do this, um, because it's, you know, it's hard, uh, all I have to do is talk to you, and if this will work, you know, the Zoom picks it up, then we could do this every day or every other day, and, and uh, you could keep telling your stories. Cool. Yeah. So thanks so much, Seth, for this. And I'll let you know if we're able to, you know, hear it properly. And nice. it's just so great. I really wanted to get you while you were out on the road without, you know, just looking back because your excitement, enthusiasm and all that is just so fantastic. And everyone needs that, you know, just to be spreading that feeling to everyone. So thank you well, so you much. Know, I have to say that I didn't realize how depressed I was. Until I came on this trip. Oh wow! Because you feel I, so good now. Uh, I feel I felt maybe hidden or moping, or I don't really know how the words for it. But I I feel totally alive, and I feel younger, and I feel I have a lot of hope, and I've met great people, and um, I have friends that I didn't have a week ago. Exactly. And that's always good. It's the best. It's the best. You know, I, I mean, I, I don't think we should be hiding, especially in this day and age. And it's like we've been socially engineered to hide behind our stupid digital screens. Yeah. Not have full interaction. Right. Not listen to each other. Judge everybody. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. This has been done to us. And it's not really our fault. I mean, social engineering is totally real. Yes. And, I, I mean... The media, the television, the, you know, Operation Mockingbird, the whole nine yards, DARPA, it's a high find, and, you know, MK Ultra, and all these things that it's like they, they really know the parameter of humanity and what we want, what we like, and what we don't want, and um, we've been conditioned by it, and we need to kind of remember to be playful children and allow our inner child out and have fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I That's... think I might have mentioned, I know this quantum physicist, uh, Dr. Chris Busby, he told me one time when I was dealing with the Vets for Peace on a project, and he said, logic doesn't work. You have to work on people's emotional level. That's right. And he said, governments know it, corporations know it, advertising agencies know it, insurance companies really, really know it. Yeah. And it's true. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And just that silliness, just being a child again and connecting with other people and just being that, that freedom, that aliveness. Oh, you can't hear me? 
you. Okay. Well, let's uh, well, let's continue this on maybe tomorrow or the next okay, day. Good. And have a great yeah, sleep thanks. there. I hope you're warm. Oh, my pleasure. Thank and you. I, thank I, you. I really feel pleased to have met you and stay in touch with you and be able to share. And um, thanks for the food and the warmth and the cheer. <laughs> well, thank you. And your friend, too, there was this great, you know, it's just, honestly, you know, being able to see people's faces without freaking masks. I know, that's a, that's one thing just in itself, isn't it? That's right. You know, uh, non-verbal communication, it's great to see people smiling, period. I know. You know. Yeah, well, let's, yeah, well, we'll save that for another day because it's actually kind of depressing. But, um, okay, I just want you to have a really good sleep tonight. No, I'm here. I'm here. But uh, let's sign okay, off. I, I, I couldn't hear you at all. So maybe we should end this. I, I, maybe it's bad connection. It's getting to be a little bit something. But tomorrow, I'm going to call you. And if this works, we can keep doing it. Okay. It might be louder because of the band. And it might be hard for me to hear, but I'm willing to talk. Oh. Okay. Well, this is good. I mean, even if I don't talk to you for a few days, we'll do it again. And we'll, okay. ha we'll have these memories. Okay. Yeah, cool. But during the day is the easiest for me to talk. Nighttime is usually like eating, sleep, right. rest. Yeah. That kind of and you need that you know. rest for sure. But, you know, during the day, I'm just kind of driving and stuff. So if you wanted to do that, try it. You know, there's the, the engine noise and the highway noise, which might be difficult. But that's probably the better time for me to interact. Yeah. You know. Okay. Okay. We'll figure okay, it out. So thanks for everything. And, um, Thank you. And uh, we'll talk again. Okay, we will. Okay, take okay. care, honey. Okay, bye-bye.